out. I cleared out room on my phone to just save for Okay, have you started recording yet? Uh-uh. Okay, we'll then start recording. Okay, now I'm recording. Have you... S <gasps> You're recording the Zoom. I sure am. Okay. And then we'll probably have you record some musical intro. Do-do-do-do-do. Amazing Grace, how sweet <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Amazing Grace. <laughs> that saved uh -oh. a queer like me. Beautiful, Calvin. <laughs> Shall we begin? Let's begin. One, two, three, four. We were Christian kids. We were Christian kids. We were Christian kids. No, I mean like really, 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 really Christian. <laughs> okay, hello, and welcome to We Were Christian Kids, the podcast where we talk about how we were Christian kids, very Christian, and where we are now as adults and as queer entertainers. I'm Justin Randall. And I'm Calvin Arsenio. Hi, Calvin. What's up, Justy? Glad to be here. <laughs> Same, as always. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where is here for you? Here for me is Brooklyn in New York City in the neighborhood of Crown Heights. Crown Heights. I do love a crown. Yes, you do love a crown. <laughs> that is true. And you love heights. <laughs> also <laughs> true. As a tall person. <laughs> I, I learned how to be high very well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and in I'm coming and calling in from Kansas City, which is um, some place that you also maybe sort of still call home in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but I decided to 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 uh, brave brave the tumultuous Bible Belt, and I still live here. <laughs> or I guess yes, I live here I again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we have two journeys. <laughs> I'm One not sure. Fled. <laughs> One which state. which uh, which one is winning right now? Um, yeah, there's a lot of factors there, especially in this current time. But that's not what we're here to talk about. Right. We're here to talk about um, some fun stories of how the fuck this all happened. Um, mm. You know, and dealing dealing with um, dealing with yeah, growing up with the Bible written on on the walls and on your t-shirts and 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 the the different kind of trendy bibles that we used to carry around to get like <laughs> talking points with other people <laughs> mm. yes we um, would spray paint on our bibles did we s uh maybe not on our bibles we but spray on everything else a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> but that was that would be crossing the line i think <laughs> that's a good point <laughs> i remember i had actually i would not have spray painted on it i had a very pretty leather like two-toned leather yes. yes you remember that's um, I, do. I remember everything. That's why that we're having thing, a podcast. That thing, it was so pretty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I did most of my Bible reading on the internet. I would, honestly... Was it um, on your Palm Pilot? No. Oh. I think just at home on my, you know... I, I like BibleGateway.com a lot. Mm -hmm. What other websites did you like a lot? Just kidding. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Google image searching. 
toggling back and forth. <laughs> toggling back and forth. Yeah, we want to really get right into what it meant for me to be a Christian kid is that I would look up gay porn and then I would close it and listen to worship music and try to sing the sin away. So. Sing the sin away. Yeah, same. Um, yeah, look up gay porn and then feel really, really bad. And then spend the whole weekend at worship services trying to cry it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not funny, but it is kind of like, I kind of feel like this little anecdote that we're sharing is in a nutshell what inspired us to start this podcast, which yeah. was, it's just like the, there's something... I mean, I can say it because it was me, but fascinating about that dichotomy that was going on that I was living with. Um, and, and wholeheartedly, like, both being natural to me because I truly believed the Christian side and then I was truly a teenage gay boy, <laughs> like, discovering myself. So, yeah. um, Okay, let's go back a little bit. So we grew up in Olathe, Kansas. T- t- mm-hmm. what, tell me about Olathe. What, in, in your words, in your view, what, what's Olathe like? Olathe is a suburb of Kansas City, about 25 minutes south of Kansas City. I think it has, or at least it had, like a few hundred thousand people, maybe half a million people, and um, was obviously very... Well, maybe it's not obvious, but it is in Kansas. It was very Republican, very conservative, literally a church on every corner. I think, mm-hmm. like, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there were a lot of churches that were inside of schools. Like, like even if they weren't buildings, they were, like, institutions mm-hmm. of churches in every everywhere. Right. Uh, because there just was there wasn't even enough building space for the churches. So they were, yeah, occupying other spaces. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, it was, Olathe was all that I knew. Olathe was like, um, just my whole world, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't traveling a lot as a kid and, um, even, and, well, and I guess I traveled throughout the United States a little bit. But even when we were traveling, it was either for school or for church camp. Yeah. So still which, pretty insular. Which the school was a, a bunch of other people who lived in Olathe and also had this very <laughs> like a minuscule viewpoint of what um, the world was. Yeah. What was Olathe to you, Cal? Um, I moved to Olathe when I was 10. And my parents uh, are from rural Virginia. We had moved back to central Virginia to um, kind of help with my mother's mother's passing and dealing with some things there and just kind of bringing the family back together then um my, and my mother worked for sprint at the time and she was offered a job in in kansas city and um and mind you we had only been living in, in virginia now for two years before my parents decided to tell us that we were moving to the desert and so <laughs> I, they, I think they had maybe come uh, my mom had come out here for a business trip one time they uh, sprint offered to pay for the move and um and i don't even, i don't i think they did get to see the house but i don't but maybe not i mean it was a matter of two weeks turnaround they told us and then we were gone and they asked us and i just remember remember crying 
and and thinking like how unfair it was that I even in those two years had gone to two different elementary schools and I was now going to be transferring to another school and um, and so I, I, I guess Olathe was like at the time it felt like a very like another transient place and I walked into this this like this play that was already happening and I had to learn all the, all the parts while I was doing it you know mm. and a lot of my peers had been together since they were in kindergarten and um, and I always felt like the new kid or well, not always but for a long long time I felt like the new kid and um, and then yeah throughout through throughout throughout the whole experience just getting it being involved with, with church culture and Christian culture and, um, and we're gonna get into all those nitty-gritty things but um, but I thought that I was going to gr- grow up, get married to a woman, have children, uh, be a pastor of a church, or at least a worship pastor, and um, and spend the rest of my days bringing revival to Olathe. And that was like m- the, the, full, the fullest expression of what I thought I was going to do with my life. And, and for that to have shifted is pretty miraculous because I was pretty steadfast to those to that um, yep. you know like we talked a lot about revival to yeah. Olathe in our <laughs> high school days by the way I don't think we said it Calvin and I have been like best friends since high school so mm-hmm. like a lot of this experience was literally shared side by side like we were in the same classrooms and churches Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, revival to Olathe. We talked a lot about that. I mean, you Specifics. maybe more so than than me, but because um, mm-hmm. I sort of always had an inkling that I was going to go elsewhere. I think, mm. um, like deep down. But I was like, hey, why? While I'm here, yeah, I'm down with with bringing the Holy Spirit into the hearts of Olathians. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I've, in my entire life, I don't think that I've ever done halfway very well. So I'm, I'm pretty intense mm. and, and, and gung ho in general. And so if, if I'm convinced that that my speaking into space is going to conjure up this uncreated being to 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 save people from eternal damnation, then I'm like in it, you know. Like I was in it, and I was there for it, and, um, and, but the flip side is that there's like so much shame around around Westernized Christianity, and and like always being want, wanting to be lowered and emptied, and like some ways like humiliated, mm. like and like romanticizing this humiliation and this like sort of Stockholm Syndrome kind of like, you know, you slay me. And, and we used to sing these words, though you slay me, I will trust you, Lord. Like, right. like you know, probably quoting from, from Job, like, though, though, though... Kind of hot. I f- <laughs> what? Kind of hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the imagery is not, not sexual. <laughs> <laughs> though, though you, though, though I feel like wretched and, and disgusting and, and, and I only, and we get, yeah, we would get off on feeling like how gross and how low and how like much forgiveness we needed, you know? Yeah. And, and, and I remember the scripture, whoever's been forgiven much loves much. And he's talking about the prostitute 
and that's that's a Jesus quote. And how about um, lead me to the cross where I lay me down? You know, something yeah. like that. Lead me to the cross where I lay me down. Yeah. And so we have like this, like you know, this fetish of imagery of like, like this bleeding man, and then me being below, and and like being so much like grosser than that, you know, mm-hmm. and that I and almost that. like at fault. For yeah. That. yeah, yeah. And so you walk around like you know, just like a guy who's wearing gray sweatpants, and you're just like, fuck. Like <laughs> right. I did it to Jesus. I'm sorry. This is why he died. <laughs> yeah. Why can't he be wearing jeans? <laughs> we could have avoided so much. <laughs> Baggy jeans. Not Baggy not, jeans. Yeah, because remember girl jeans, so like yeah, anyway. Oh I know. <laughs> yeah, and um the the type of Christianity I think that we are talking about was um, let me throw out some adjectives here. Um, Protestant, non-denominational, evangelical, and even charismatic for parts, most actually, of mm-hmm. the time. Um, charismatic meaning. Do we need to get into that right now? I think you should define all those things. <laughs> well, Protestant meaning not Catholic. So right, when so that say was... Christian, it's not specific. Mm-hmm. And that's coming with Martin Luther after after the Lutheran Church. He denounced the Catholic Church based on all of these things that he he hated, including like priests and 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 doing to church services in in Latin. And so the, all the churches that started after Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but Martin Luther, um, right. were 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 considered Protestant. Okay. And the then, second thing you said was evangelical. No, the second thing was non denominational, ah, which okay. is after then the Protestant reformation right um Mm -hmm. then you know sex became sects began to form um people people sections people (laughs) with similar beliefs and that's where we get like lutheran presbyterian baptist these are groups of protestant believers who have commonalities and think think that their commonalities are important enough or salient enough to split away mm-hmm. and non-denominational every, is just doesn't adhere to any of those and each church is on its own right and and those different um denominations like baptist or nazarene um they all have affiliations and so they actually share um financial responsibility for one another um mm. and they trade pastors and there's like just different i mean it's basically like clicks they're just clicks that mm-hmm. that, that operate on on a global level um, and they would have conferences throughout the year and stuff like that within those individual denominations. So right. non-denominational meant that they were unaffiliated and that they were just kind of hanging With any, out. any organization, it was like, I could start my own non-denominational church today. Right. And Because then my you, have church to, you don't have to answer to, any, to anybody. Right. Which, so in many ways, non-denominational churches... Uh, could tend toward more extreme i mean extreme is a relative term but like more obscure beliefs or practices because there was no like higher accountability Mm -hmm. um the next one i said was evangelical which is kind of a tricky word i it has become like a political term Mm -hmm. um but i think the way i'm using i think the way evangelical is i could be wrong but generally understood is like uh a mode of Christianity that seeks to like actively convert 
and like proselytize and and um, bring others into the faith like born again Christians who believe it's their task to convert others yeah yeah so that means that we would go out to the malls and and you know or not necessarily maybe us but we definitely had friends who would go to the malls or to the movies or to like parks or like wherever and like try to talk to strangers to try to convince them to follow Jesus and mm. do the sinner's prayer mm. mm-hmm. like in immediately <laughs> like dear Jesus I believe you are the son of God I believe that I have sinned and I ask for your forgiveness and for your Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me boom going right. to heaven bitch going to heaven for <laughs> for good for some Christians Mm-hmm. And for for as long as you go to church for other Christians, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending on your what denomination, right? <laughs> and if you, and some people even believe that that it's predestined, and so therefore, even if you say the sinner's prayer, but you weren't predestined, then perhaps Too bad. you could never be saved. Yeah, you gave it your best shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> And the last one I said was charismatic, which is yeah. the fun one for sure. Oh, super fun. <laughs> which charismatic <laughs> means, I actually think technically it means like of gifts, um, but mm-hmm. it's based in like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which are like speaking in tongues. That's the most important one. Yeah. I mean, that's the funnest one. It's the most divisive one because there is a list, list of the gifts, gifts of the Spirit. Mm, um, yeah, that's true. And some of them are like humility, right? Right, and like patience or something. <laughs> Boring. <laughs> <laughs> but the big ones are like healing and speaking in tongues. Right, the laying honest. on of hands. The laying on of hands. Which we love. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. what's I more? Mean, I'm still doing that one. <laughs> well, a little less than normal, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's true. <laughs> Slightly less. Slightly less than normal now, but... I'm doing it a lot. I found I got booed up during the quarantine. And, Calvin uh, is booed up. I got booed up, and I'm I'm really cool. happy about it. I'm not booed up. I'm <laughs> on Hinge um, now. I da- finally downloaded Hinge. You want to hear a little story? Tell me. Is I downloaded Hinge because everyone has been saying this is not sponsored, by the way. This is not an ad, <laughs> but everyone has been saying that that app works, um, and. Like everyone I talk to that's using Hinge is like, yes, I found my husband. And so I downloaded it. I got to say, it seems to be working better than most. But there was one um, interaction where pretty quickly the guy goes, top or bottom? (laughs) Am I going to tell this whole story? Go for it. And then I said bottom. And then um, he goes, do you want to become friends? <laughs> and I thought that was just delightful. So then I screenshotted that and I, without his information, of course, and I put it on Twitter and it kind of went viral. And I looked and now 600,000 people have seen that screenshot, which means I yesterday told 600,000 people that I'm a bottom. <laughs> and now even more with this podcast. So I just can't stop. What am I doing? <laughs> This is a far cry from high school, yeah, from my very, Christian youth. Very, very far. I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, you've been, you've been, um, um, 
you've been, you know, lowering yourself for, for many years now. <laughs> That's true. On my hands and knees. <laughs> anyway, where, how did we even get on that? Oh, you're booed up. Yeah, yeah I got booed up hands. during quarantine. Yeah. And we've been laying on laying it lots lots of healing mm. hands. You know. Yes. Oh. <laughs> and speaking in tongues. Oh uh, uh, yes, sure, sure, sure. Speaking with tongues and no yeah. no voice involved. <laughs> um. <laughs> but anyway. speaking in tongues is one that actually is one that scares people. I remember there was my um, I had a friend that I told that we were doing summer stock theater. And I told her I used to be really Christian. And then I told her that I used to speak in tongues. And then every time that we would meet a new person, because she grew up with zero religion, none, which is another topic that's fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. But um, we would meet anyone. She'd be like, this is Justin. He used to speak in tongues. (laughs) (laughs) She told our whole cast that I used to speak in tongues. And everyone was like, what? (laughs) But But the thing about it is, is that Many different cultures throughout history have used that as a device. Remember that night when we... Oh, man. This is a good one. Um, yeah. We... It was me, you, and... Should we say his name? Let's bleep it out. Me, yeah. you, and that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> our mutual friend. First who, and last. What's his oh social security number? <laughs> right? Well, he's no longer with us, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, so may he rest in peace. But... Um, he was somebody that was like very he kind of had that Paul that saw the Paul conversion in front of our eyes and we like tried to take him in under our wing and like and I think that we really really meant you know we were sincere about all that um but but it was a situation where he was like actively cussing out his teachers all the time and like Mm -hmm. like was not necessarily the most like charming individual and then he's like got saved air quotes um and um and then was like very tried to be really nice and kind and 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 and, and he was um and i can't speak to his experience you know and we can't ask him now but Mm. but i just remember one night that that we that he asked me about you know praying in tongues and speaking in tongues and and uh, and and we, the three of us, decided to, to spend the whole night in your basement. That we weren't going to sleep again until we understood uh, what 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 the thing was about whether about it tongues. was whether it was. I remember what it was. It was whether it was still a gift that God gave to people in the present day. Yeah, because some that's what we wanted to know. Because it it went away. Yeah, because objectively in the Bible people are speaking in tongues Mm -hmm. and then there's yeah the divide where some people are like well that was a gift for the early church and some people believe that it's it's still a gift today yeah so we stayed up all night yeah did we come to a consensus (laughs) (laughs) we didn't we read opposing viewpoints we read that guy which i think you brought up his name to me recently but I was into that guy who was like anti gifts of the Hannah Holy Graf? Spirit. Yeah, Hannah Graff. Oh. Um, <laughs> I know we're still bitter toward him. And he was like, there are no gifts. If there's no Holy Spirit gifts. Why was he such a fun sucker? <laughs> I know. It's like none of it's. Okay. Well, I won't say that. But <laughs> a lot of this is very, very faith based. 
uh, or all of it anyway. And so what do you why mean by not have? Based? I just mean that you can't prove any of it. So right. why not have some fun with it, man? Right. Come why, on. Why? Why? Why is speaking in tongues fun to you? Or why was it? Let's. Can we, can oh, I for me. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! Easy. It made me feel like I was a uh, superhero. Yeah. Or that I had a superpower. Mm-hmm. Because it was the Holy Spirit speaking through me. I was like performing a miracle. Mm. And it didn't matter whether it was true or not. It's what I believed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my experience was that I was feeling very empowered and mm. uh, important. I think mm. important is a really key word because um, my self-esteem was pretty low in general. But if if God is f- filling you, and in my mind it was almost in like a physical sense, like a gas in a jar, mm. um, and then speaking through you, that's pretty. Um, that's like uh, encouraging. <laughs> I would to say. say the least. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Um, I mean, yeah, that this uncreated being is has has chosen you for at least some time. In, 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 in your life you know in, in, in when it's happening you're like now is the time like right now is it's happening and 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 he it they I don't know whatever it it's in it's in me I'm experiencing it mm-hmm. and and nobody can take this from me and nobody has given this to me it's it's, it's a direct connection to this uncreated being yeah direct connection yeah plugged in plugged in but not all of our I mean so we I would say that almost all of the kids that we sort of bumped shoulders with were Protestant Mm -hmm. as which is to say not Catholic but Mm -hmm. not all of them were this charismatic um, line of Christianity where they were doing they were speaking tongues and doing healings there's like a lot of our experience was pretty down the middle you know christian like like someone would imagine you mm-hmm. know we're like saying simple prayers together holding hands we are mm-hmm. just reading from the bible and we are trying to abstain from sins you know Ugh, so awful <laughs> I know. I think about that a lot because I've bumped into there's um, like on TikTok. Mm -hmm. TikTok is kind of amazing because there's a place for anyone. Mm. Um, And like it's like really um, like thrives on like pockets of users and and the algorithm like shoots you into a pocket. And so there's Christian there's a Christian pocket and there's Mm. like there's like really big users with like 5 million followers who are like you and I were in high school Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not in high school necessarily, but they're mm-hmm. like 20s. Mm-hmm. I, I'm clearly speaking about one person in particular, <laughs> but there are others too. But like yeah. um, this user that I'm talking about in particular, she like uh, 
she's been posting a lot about like Satan and how Satan is tempting her and like tempts her to sin. And Mm -hmm. that just that mindset of like, we were walking around every day thinking that Satan was on the prowl trying to lead us towards sin, i.e. the guy in gray sweatpants. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then kind of like sort of scapegoating our own responsibility to righteousness in a way like, Mm. like I wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't a a non, you know, a non-bodied individual trying to take me down with him Mm or to steal my blessing, you know, like, yeah, it's almost like a, a fairy or like a leprechaun or something like, like stupid devil. Like it's a lot like that. <laughs> if not exactly like that. <laughs> stupid devil, try to take my blessings away. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. My pot of gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that like for you? Um, uh, which part? That experience of trying to quote unquote stay righteous and avoid sin. Well, I figured out pretty quick that um, idle hands are the devil's work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what I did was I just spent every waking moment of, of um, discretionary time literally on stage playing worship songs mm. um, or in, in, in front of people. So, I mean, Monday night we had a Bible study, Tuesday night Bible study, Wednesday night church, and before that is worship practice, and then after that we would make that fucking like zine. Mm-hmm. You know? That was okay. That I'm sorry. I know this is getting off the topic that I just proposed, but that was one of my favorite like rituals of high school was like late night in the church office, which made us yeah. feel cool because we were in the church office. Um, yeah. And the other kids weren't putting. To, the oh, we're talking about yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah, putting yeah. together that program for a Thursday morning Bible right. study. So oh, every Thursday that was morning, so we had fun. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, thrilling because we were just procrastinating. But we had to use the free the free copier. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah. So w- so Wednesday night worship, and then church, and then Thursday morning, and then. I'm sure that we had something Thursday night, you know, or maybe that was the one week, or one day of the week that, that there was nothing. And then Friday night worship nights, Saturday night church, Sunday morning church, Sunday night church, and then back to Monday night worship, uh, Bible study. And, um, and in between that, when we would hang out with our friends, we would do prayer meetings. Yeah. That well, were Thursday not- night's probably prayer walks, actually. Yeah. And then we, you and I used to fast on Wednesdays. <laughs> oh my gosh. The wealth of uh, experiences to draw from. It just it <laughs> keeps getting deeper. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Yeah. There's some, we were doing so much. So much. And I, I would really love to, to hear from the listeners. Um, what kind of things that they, you know, experience if they grew up around, you know, watching people like us, kind of like, you know, in the secret society, 
um, you know, that weren't super religious people, like wondering what we were doing, or if they have any questions about that, or like if they were in the church and like can you know could share stories about their own experience, that would be awesome as well. And um, mm. we'll have a, a link or a, or an email that you can send uh, comments and, and questions and inquiries to. Um, mm-hmm. So so be sure to write in, and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, because uh, there were there's a lot of okay, so there's this thing where it's like now we're dare I say it we are 30 mm. um, and, hey, the, listen, and you don't, not, not everybody made it this far so I feel very, I know. very lucky yeah aren't you just it's Mr. Silver lining <laughs> <laughs> actually I, uh, Mr. Salt and Pepper nowadays oh my I god know. <laughs> Silver I have three, Fox Mr. Silver Fox <laughs> <laughs> I have three gray hairs and I'm like it's a daily daily struggle actually just to be frank I know you I should to, say I what look you, in the mirror and I yeah. just say it is an honor to age it is an honor to age and eventually I think I'll believe it but but I'm just like I want to pluck it <laughs> I want to pluck it out maybe eventually I'll say it <laughs> no but I, I mean it, it truly it truly is it, it, it's yeah. both and you know but it's an honor to age that is not a value of our culture as Americans um, or, or probably most of western societies but but truly it is an honor to age and so I'm just reminding myself. Anyway, so we are 30. <laughs> um, I made a face. I made a face <laughs> for those listening. Um, no, I do agree. It's an honor to age. Um, I'm thrilled about it. Uh, <laughs> my point is, though, that so we're 30 now. So we bump into all these people. We meet all these people. And you don't know who. It is a common narrative to be an intense devout Christian in your youth and then hit your twenties and go somewhere else. That doesn't Mm -hmm. mean directly opposite, but just somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we bump into all these people and we don't know who shares this history with us, Mm -hmm. which is what is interesting to me about the listeners, you know, posting their experiences or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, prompts or questions or I did this because it's sort of like this um, when I meet someone and I find out that they were like me when they were younger it's like oh you get me you get me yeah um, and I think it's really it's just really interesting um, they, and so I don't think that I run into that many people that have that experience like there's been only a, like a handful because now that I live this kind of artistic lifestyle and I live like um, a lot of the people that, that we grew up with are still in the church like same they're the same you know like they, they maybe they deviated a little bit in college but then they like decided to go back and, and, I, and I was even in in Johnson County which is the county that, that, that Olathe's in I was in there today and I was like you know driving around and I see Trump signs and I see people like walking their kids and 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 like you know who are our age who who did do that settling down thing and 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 they're like you know in their minds winning at life because they they're living the thing that their parents wanted for them which was college education and then a career and a family and and church on sunday and um, and so i don't i don't interact with those people very often Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I perform, or at least I have been performing for the last 10 years, um, you know, sharing my songs on stages uh, throughout the U.S. and in Europe and, 
and and pr- predominantly in bars or or high end performing arts centers and and you know young families are not my target demographic. Right. <laughs> so so people who would be our age that are like you know raising their Christian families are like I don't I don't see them you know maybe or even devout Christians that aren't raising families I mean any they of don't the, come especially to the show not that covered in glitter and <laughs> right doused in glitter being touched by boys um, yeah <laughs> yeah not 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 necessarily but yeah and so unless like we already have history like people that we did grow up with who would have come out of curiosity or, or just like blind support of what I was doing um that those are the only kinds of people that I think that I've uh, really been around um so so it's, it's interesting to hear you say that that you have you know encountered some of those people because it's just not something that, that I, I, I experienced well one thing for me is that I don't encounter any of the people I mean in New York mm. I know no one who's living a young family Christian life. Yeah. And I mean that. I don't even <laughs> think that that's an exaggeration when I say no one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just like doesn't happen. But sometimes I'll meet like I met a comic the other day. Actually, I've actually met him before he still identifies as a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like how we, I like heard that this was mm-hmm. like a while ago. And I was like, you're a, you're a Christian. I'm out. And we like connected. And I was like, I used to be a Christian and, and you know, I don't, or I used to be really devout. And yeah. more recently we were talking and he's like, he is not, he's like very open-minded and accepting and like a very liberal Christian, but he, was like me and you in Mm -hmm. his younger days and so that was like a pure experience of me meeting someone and being like you were a christian kid oh Mm -hmm. my gosh like (laughs) but it doesn't happen very often yeah it doesn't because Um, they i think a lot of them are still still yeah still living in living in that space that's a good point that's a good point um or radically not you know um, yeah and so we want to. We want to talk to those people, <laughs> right? Exactly. I mean, I, you could argue that I am radically not living in that space. Yeah. I mean, like I'm. Tweet. I am tweeting about gay sex every day. Every and, day, multiple yeah, times a day. <laughs> multiple times a day, <laughs> and talking about it to crowds, and right. not just gay sex, but um, Christianity, and. Mm. Uh, and how it's impacted you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I've done like countless interviews and about about m- m- you know my quote unquote deconversion um, with you know, magazines or whatever, and then I've talked on stage about about homosexual romance and mm-hmm. and and kind of grappling with that. And um, earlier in my in my work uh, as a songwriter, um, I it was much more kind of glazed in, in poetic language, and now I'm, I'm be, be, I have feel the permission from my audience to be more um, detailed <laughs> about Explicit. my experience. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, I also do want to say, though, really mm-hmm. quick, that I am not implying at all that um, gay sex is not compatible with Christianity. Mm-hmm. 
but it is not compatible with the Christianity that I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean. Okay, um, okay. Because it's because a, a lot of times, you know, sometimes I'll tweet about like a dichotomy between how Christian I was and how gay I am now, and people mm-hmm. will be like, "You can be gay and Christian," yeah. and I feel bad when that happens because mm-hmm. I'm like, "You're right," and that's not what I mean. But you couldn't in my world. Right, and I re- I'm really curious to know, and this is something that I've actually, you know, one of the things that I think that I wanted to get out of doing this podcast is to find that community because I think that there is, I mean, I don't necessarily, I definitely do not subscribe to Western Christianity anymore. However, I think there was a lot of things that we grew up with and and, and even using the Bible as a way to, to exercise logic in our developing minds that I think positively influence the way that we think and deal with the world at large. And totally. I'm sure that that could have happened with, with any number of holy books. But, yeah. But it's the, 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 the constant retelling of stories and having to recall, I think. And I would love to talk to a psychologist about this. You know, I would love to, to see how that affects, how that has lasting effects on our adult life. Um, and I would also like to, to, to talk to other queer individuals who do have an active um, spiritual life now and, and to, to hear what that's like because I think in general at least from what we're and please correct me if you have a different experience but I think in general the queer community and, and, and the gay community and the, homo, like the homosexual movement or whatever um, is seen as stereotypically very shallow and materialistic and, um, and, and like childlike or something um, and I just I'd say that's been the media portrayal for decades decades yes and I also <laughs> think that a lot of people who are queer in the media perpetuate it and yeah. use that as, as the thing that they, they do you know and uh, yeah and I don't I don't want I'm not trying to throw shade or anything I just want to know that you know like and, I, and you know on Queer Eye for instance I saw that there was like a, a like a, a queer Christian community and a, and a gay priest and, and like mm. that was great to see but I'm talking about like people in between that us and that mm-hmm. like where it's like like they're living their life with the spiritual practice and that's not their job and mm-hmm. um, and and they feel fulfilled by it you know I just I w- would really love to, to talk to, to, to those people I agree I actually I mean I would say that I pretty firmly identify as one of those people mm-hmm. I like I intentionally like I'm sober and part for me part of getting sober was intentionally developing a spiritual practice that was just my journey and so like I try I like put effort into it I put effort into like for me having a higher power trying to pray to that higher power trying to trust that higher power um I try to meditate and yes these are like they sound like obligations but like every type of discipline for me feels like an obligation. <laughs> um, and, and when I have that higher power for, I feel like my world gets a little bigger and my mind gets a little calmer. But, um, I think in general, like spirituality is not talked about a lot in the gay community. Like mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It, it, it feels like it's sort of on the fringes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I would associate GHB the, you, do you know what GHB is? <laughs> I knew you weren't going to know what it was. <laughs> it's the drug. It's a drug that you uh-huh. take, and it makes you all 
um, loopy and it doesn't matter. But it's a party drug. Mm-hmm. I would associate ketamine with the gay community before I would associate like uh, like um, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I don't get canceled for saying that. But I, well, I mean, statistically speaking, there's there's a lot of drug use and, and drug abuse in the, in, in the gay community. That's not a secret, you know. Yeah. And and I think that that you know we could talk about any number of books and things that talk about our, our shared kind of traumas being being raised in a, in a heteronormative society and, and having to be pushed in all, our entire life and shoved into hiding and um, and watching people who we relate to be shamed and, and burned at the stake right um, both literally and figuratively and and the fear and and the, and the shame and all of these things that that force us into the shadows and force us to diminish ourselves in ways that um, the cause permanent scarring in our mind and body. Yeah, and, I mean, yeah. The, the, like homosexuality has been rejected by like all the major world religions. Rejected. So mm-hmm. how how could there not be some sort of deficit of? Yeah. Um, I well, religion, mm-hmm. religion for one thing, mm-hmm. but also you know, I th- I know for me personally when I felt rejected from religion, I felt like I wasn't allowed to have spirituality either. Yeah, that's it right there. So it's like. S- s- sorting through that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my my spiritual journey came a lot from me trying to find a place that I felt like I was accepted. And um, because I often felt like the black sheep in my family, being somebody who like loved folk music and Vincent van Gogh and mm. Evanescence and... Mm-hmm. Um, and like knitting and shit <laughs> and you know I was uh, very tall for my age and still tall for my age and I was not at all athletic in fact when I was 12 years old I broke both of my femurs because I was growing too fast and and that left me a little bit couch bound um, mm. and really interested in the domestic arts and so mm. <laughs> So because that didn't fit um, this, you know, the, the, the ideal for my family dynamic, or at least I didn't feel like I was fitting the, de- the, the ideal for my family dynamic, um, I tried to find um, another place in which I could excel and be seen excelling. And I think that I found that in church community and in conversations about the immaterial world and, and really tried to find solace and, and, and hope in that. And... Um, and, and to find a family because I'd been pulled from so many different experiences by the time that I got to Olathe that, mm. that I was like looking for something that I could rely on. And that felt like it, that was, go, you know, was the place that was going to happen. And, um, so I kind of lost my train of thought, but I think well, <laughs> you made me think that it's also <laughs> worth saying, like, yes, I, I see the, like the church so in our youth like the church could become like a place to excel and a, and then a place to find community and to feel safe and it's like wildly accepted by our parents but yeah, it made part. me th- yeah <laughs> so it's like look I'm I'm the best I'm great um, right. but it also made me think that um, it, it I mean it 
can't not be said that I was hoping God would make me not gay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> every I, day. If I prayed hard enough, that if was I the dove central, in enough. That was really the central <laughs> focus of my spiritual practice. Yeah. Was that if I fasted enough, if I prayed enough, if I attended enough church, if I led enough people to Christ, mm. if I, if I um, avoided fame enough, mm. <laughs> um, then poof. If I, you know, studied studied enough scripture, memorized enough verses, not not poof the other one, (laughs) 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 then maybe perhaps I could have a normal life and be loved by my family. I I mean, essentially, you know, maybe I could fulfill this, 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 this. Maybe I could fit into that into that square peg that I was supposed to, Mm -hmm. and that I wouldn't be the weirdo, and that I wouldn't be the the the. you know the the shame of my family history, right? Um, that I could perpetuate my family name in honor. I didn't want to dishonor my family. So and, then and, there's and, this. Mm-hmm. Well, I was gonna say there's this thing that happened for me, which was that there's that that's like the driving force or the center of my spirituality is like please make me acceptable and make me not gay. But there were like there was this fringe benefit of like then I got to and you mentioned this earlier I got to have a spiritual life and a connection with something bigger than myself and I learned critical thinking skills and Mm -hmm. I and I got community and um I I I gained introspection and Mm -hmm. like all of these things flowered up around me even though the core was maybe a touch rotten (laughs) (laughs) so rotten (laughs) yeah so now we are, you know, um, somewhat functional adults. Um, some days yes. more than others. Yes. Um, we are navigating this crazy life. Um, we're experiencing this, this 24 hours for the first time, just like everybody else. And this is the history that we have in common. And, um, and I, and I, and I, and I have a feeling that there are so many other people who, who, who are in our shoes and don't have a place to go, you know? Mm. And, um, and I think, you know, even in some of my, and I wonder if you experience this, even in some of my quote unquote secular relationships now, and I'm just using that as a term. <laughs> um, so secular being the opposite of Christian in, in Christianese or in Christian dialect. Mm-hmm. Um, the relationships that I've made after my time as a missionary, we'll do that in another episode, mm-hmm. um, that there wasn't much of that introspection. There wasn't, there wasn't so much of a focus on the intangible. And, mm. and when trying to talk through, because we have so much vocabulary around the mm-hmm. inner life. Yeah. And, and I remember I was like sort of, having like a, a flirtationship with this married man and I would exchange guitar lessons for poetry lessons and and he would talk to me about my poetry and how it was a, a lot of intangible concepts and so using words like love or grandeur or glory or like <coughs> or like majestic like these words you cannot see them by themselves abstract they're so abstract exactly so like he was like your words and your language it's beautiful but it's all abstract and there's nothing Mm. there's no you're not showing me anything and i was like well 
that's the only thing I know. Like, that's, <laughs> that's how the neurons in my brain are wired. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Literally. That is my vocabulary. It's the way I see the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, even like a word like manifestation, like that doesn't mean anything. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like these words, they're just like the shadow of other things. And so, um, so then trying to like navigate, you know, have it and spur on new friendships with people who don't have that background, who don't have that past, who don't use that language, who don't have those neurons, um, has, has sometimes been quite kind of weird, you know, like, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, even still to this day, I'm I'm having people be like, uh, you you don't you've never seen that movie or this movie or whatever. It's like no, and they're like, you're kind of like a mole person. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I mean, I just watched Dirty Dancing for the first time like two months ago. You know what I've seen? Yeah, I agree. there's the shell. Well, there's that's the sheltered aspect of that we <laughs> sheltered the fuck out of ourselves, but um, and yet we know like the most obscure Christian references and musicians, but. Um, <laughs> What was I going to say? Oh, there is another route, which I've seen, which is widely prevalent into this introspection. And it's people who go to therapy. So therapy. when I, yes, therapy's <laughs> amazing. Therapy. Yeah. It's like religion, secular, the uh, secular route inward. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's like this thing where it's like, do I ever want to date someone who doesn't go to therapy or, mm-hmm has had an extensive religious background. <laughs> I don't know. Both are valid. So, yeah. I mean, and it's also valid to not look inward. I mean, like, live, Is it your, though? live your dreams. I don't know. As long as you're not hurting anybody, you can... Dancing through life. That's a wicked it, reference. You, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm limited. That's um, different. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Okay, but do you think that, that, okay, and this may be a little bit touchy, but do you think that you would, like, do you think that you would prefer to have had, like, a more tangible experience? Or, like, you know, um, a secular experience? Yeah. Worldly, gritty, cultural. Yeah. Um... Sometimes I think that I still feel a little out of touch from culture sometimes. And, um, and there were years of catching up. I mean, I'm still catching up. Like, I, I think that like my religious background is the reason I didn't start watching drag race until this year. Like Mm -hmm. not because I thought it was like bad or a religious, but like, I just was not in touch with culture. It just took me so long to like, get my feet planted and like, I'm in the world. This is what's going on around me and let me engage with it. Um, so sometimes I do wish that. Yes. But then on the other hand, I wouldn't be who I am. And I like my quirks and, and we're on the journey of self acceptance. We are. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All aboard. (laughs) All aboard. Well, I will say we hope and plan to have guests on the pod in the future who mm-hmm. you know share this similar experience and hear hear about their lives yeah um, absolutely i want to build a community for us to, to to talk i mean like a and i've seen some of these but but like a like a religious recovery group mm. but i really want to talk to religious recovery people who 
who experience religious trauma who are actively living a queer lifestyle because I think right. that's it's just a little bit more nuanced and specific and um, can feel like incredibly lonely um, when not only have you been rejected by your entire family your whole life um, but also like you're ent- I mean thousands of people Justin we knew thousands of people like mm. who admired us for our faith yeah and, and maybe even me more so than you because I while I was a missionary like they would post my picture up in front of thousands of people every weekend to pray for me yeah and they were paying your room and board and they were paying my room and board to be overseas believing that I was there daily sitting at shopping malls mm. trying to convert people to Jesus and and it was my experience there that really like took me out of that mindset gratefully and I think that that was the, the best thing that could have happened but but you know coming back and trying to, to reassimilate to that culture and to those people and and to have had them kind of made me their hero when that wasn't necessarily my intention mm-hmm. um i i couldn't bear the weight of yeah we have a lot to talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah it goes deep it goes deep <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um yeah, let's save it for the next time. Sure. Great. Any any closing thoughts? Um I mean I think that I think that there's uh there's a lot to tap into and I'm like I feel grateful to even be sitting down and talking about it because I'm starting to see like corners light up and and little doors in my mind open Mm -hmm. um, and see how you know when I really look at like my past and my present um, I'm starting to see how the dots are connected so I I don't know I kind of feel grateful yeah same and and I I think that a part of what makes our relationship so unique is that we shifted at similar times mm-hmm. in similar ways. Yes. And that we are, we are born a week apart. Yeah. Um, born a world apart. I was born in Orlando. Yeah. And, um, you know, I come from a, an African American background, culturally mm-hmm. speaking. Um, and then you're, White. white as fuck <laughs> <laughs> and yet and yet i feel so much brotherhood with you and and i feel like i've been really honored to be able to do life in parallel with you and mm. um, and yeah thank you for being there for me mm. couldn't agree more thank you <laughs> for being there with me so my name is calvin arsenia I'm Justin Randall. That's Justin Randall, and we were Christian kids. (laughs) We were Christian kids. See you next time. We were Christian kids. We were Christian kids. No, I mean, like, really, 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 really Christian. (laughs) 